As always, it is my pleasure that you join me for today's podcast of Second Chance Coaching. My name is Dr. Richard Lewis. If you'd be so kind as to leave me a rating and your feedback, I would very much appreciate it, and it will help others like you to optimally discover this podcast wherever you listen to this and your other favorite podcast. As you know, at Second Chance Coaching, we focus on seeing everyday life through the eyes of the returning citizen and highlighting the resiliency of the human spirit. I would love to work with you one-on-one, whether you're a returning citizen or coaching client seeking your second chance, or you're a representative of a business, college, or university seeking to integrate and support returning citizens in your respective organizational and learning environments. Please feel free to contact me via email at richard at secondchancecoaching.com or via Instagram at the Dr. Richard Lewis. It is so good to be with you this week, as it is every week. It is my hope all continues to be well with you on your side of the world, as things are well on this side of the world. I like to also welcome all first-time listeners to Second Chance Coaching. I hope you stay with us and be fulfilled and enriched as we share re-entry lessons, life lessons, and inspirational stories that speak to the human spirit. I had a conversation with a few coworkers this week about this podcast, and specifically conversations about mentorship to students and service to the college community. As we talked about mentorship, I thought about the importance of mentors and how important mentors have been to me. In season one of the podcast, I had an episode called The Three Mentors, where I highlighted the three types of mentors which are valuable to the reentry journey and the three types of mentors that really could be valuable to one's life. In thinking about mentors, I think all the way back to growing up as a young child. My parents, aunts, uncles, grandparents were my first mentors. And even when I was a young child, my dad had me play soccer. The coaches in the league were my mentors. Growing up Roman Catholic, the parish priests served as mentors. However, I truly recognized and actively sought mentorship when my dad passed away. As I've said, my mom was always there for me and my sister and was a rock for us both. But in particular, when it came to me, my mom would stress to me that you need mentorship, specifically male mentorship, as she would say. She'd always say, I could raise you to be a good person, but I can't guide you as to the nuances of being a young man especially I was only 13 when my dad died, so she knew that was a crucial age for me. Mom always stressed the importance of mentorship, which is why she involved me in the parish teen club, uh, the retreat leaders in high school, and definitely in playing sports in high school because, you know, she didn't have a lot of success with my uncles being mentors consistently, so she figured the vehicles through school and the parish would open the doors for me to be exposed to good mentors consistently. It was something I embraced and I welcomed because I always wanted to learn and know the 411 from mentors. And even back then, I always utilized the three types of mentors. I would also seek mentorship from my friends in addition to people of authority that I looked up to. And over the years, I've learned so many nuggets of wisdom from all these type of mentors, as well as actions, as well as their actions, good and bad. I like to believe that these lessons, good, bad, and, and, and at all points in between, 
have enabled me to be a good mentor to those who've leaned on me for advice, guidance, and wisdom. Mentorship has been especially valuable to me now. Even as I am a little over a month from turning 50, I can tell you, no matter how young or old you think you are, good solid mentorship is just invaluable. Now, the same way mentorship can be invaluable in a good way, if used in the wrong way, it could be a toxic form of mentorship. I've definitely seen it happen to others and it's happened to myself as well. And it happens because sometimes we value mentorship so much and we hope people are coming with the best of intentions. And sometimes they are, but then there are times that unfortunately people are not coming with the best of intentions. And it's easy to fall into that toxic form of mentorship, which could be damaging to all parties involved. Now, the most consistent form of mentorship I participate in now is the student-teacher relationship. It's a mentorship relationship I cherish because I had the fortunate, the fortunate blessing of growing up with great teachers throughout the years who had a calling for service. And as I advanced in graduate school, especially my second rounds of graduate school, I noticed that there were some educational professionals who took advantage of their student-teacher relationships, and it became toxic, especially for the student. I've seen professors use their students to advance their publishing credits. I've seen them take credit for students' work and even making empty promises to students while in school, and the students latch onto these promises, and they just want to be guided in the right way, obtain their degrees, and advance their scholastic careers or whatever it is that they want to do with their degrees. Now, there's been that contention in different, in, in my own experience, I've had that contention in different ways with my own dissertation chairperson, whose mentorship became toxic. And it was so disappointing because to work so hard for a terminal degree and to go through so much for those of, those of you who know that journey, only to have someone, the person that's closest to you, that's key to you getting that, getting that um, terminal degree, to not be who you thought they were, in the short term, it really does make you angry. But ultimately, when I think back on it, it really was just sad. And what's even more sad is that that, that chairperson, that mentor who I thought was a good mentor, became that toxic mentor. He didn't even realize how their toxicity ruined that interaction, that connection with me. And toxic mentors, I've seen that happen with other students. They don't realize how, how it ruined their relationship and their connection with other students. Now, there are ways in which you could spot when a mentor is being toxic. I mean, a lot of times we, want to, we need to be honest with ourselves when we see that happening, but we could spot when a mentor is being toxic. And if you're truly looking and if you're being honest with yourself, there are ways in which you could, you could find that out. There are 10 ways that you could follow and see the characteristics in which a mentor is being toxic. And let's go through them one, one at a time. One, are they too self-focused? Like as in they're focused on their superiority to the mentee and they don't think that they're equal to the mentee or the mentee brings any value to the interaction or the relationship. Number two, a lack of encouragement. They fail to acknowledge the, the accomplishments of the mentees. They always look at the mentees as somebody that's always behind them and they and they can never bring them, they can never get to a point where they could accomplish something to become more than what they are, to go from student 
to mastering a subject. So they, they, they don't really give them a lot of encouragement. Number three, they're unreliable, which is pretty self-explanatory. They, they may not come through on their promises. Number four, they have poor listening skills. They love to dominate a conversation where they're not really listening to the person that's talking to them. They really want the person to hear them or they're just pretty much just listening to themselves. Number five, a failure to admit weakness. When we're able to admit weakness, we're really showing that we're vulnerable enough that we're continuing to be a student and then we're continuing to be to learn and to be better. The toxic mentor will never admit weakness, even though the weakness could be staring them right in the face. Number six, that toxic mentor has zero boundaries. They don't have any respect for you and they don't know the definition of having boundaries or of having a proper relationship with you. Number seven, they share too much. They share too much inappropriate information about, about others in a professional, personal, academic circle or any circle. Because believe me, if they're sharing negative information about other people, you could best believe that they're sharing negative information about you. Number eight, they berate you. They berate you for not listening to them. And for someone to berate you, that is really a bad feeling. And that, that certainly doesn't feel good. And that's certainly showing that someone's a toxic mentor if they are berating you, especially for not listening to them. Number nine, they lack a sense of humor. That's pretty self-explanatory. And number 10, they give unhelpful advice. Not only in the teacher-student relationship, but when I was at the beginning of my reentry journey, I ran into so many folks that gave bad advice. Now, I was not going to take that bad advice because at the beginning of my reentry journey, I was concentrating on the freedom and, the, and being around my family and having the love of that family being spoken and given into me. So when I saw people giving bad advice, I completely dismissed them from my life. I didn't actually tell them that, that I was that they were being put out of my life. Well, there was some I told that they, they had a permanent uh, exit pass from my life. But then there's some folks I just disappeared from their lives. They, they, their negativity was not going to be a part of what I was trying to do at the beginning of my entry, my reentry journey. Even today, even today, I, I speak to folks about things in which I which I'm interested in getting feedback on. And I've spoken to folks that I looked upon as one of the type of three mentors, but then saw that their behavior and their reactions became toxic. So I would talk to them about career options and pursuits and different things that I'm looking to do, as well as advice on transitioning to a new house or a new, or the new type of housing I'm looking to do as I transition in, in, um, in selling mom's house. And although they might, and let me stress, might have the best of intentions in having, in having those conversations with me, immediately when I would have these conversations with, with, with some of these selected individuals, they came immediately with raised voices in having that, in having that conversation with me and even trying to berate me. Now, I looked at it like, well, it may not be about me. They may be projecting some of their fears or whatever on me or whatever they, or they went to another place or had a moment. But I remember at that moment, I had to give them the hard pass and make the immediate decision that I said, hold on, this is not what you're going to sit. You're not going to talk to me that way. Let's establish that right now. And we're not going to have this type of conversation. And I had to make the immediate decision that these folks 
are no longer mentors or no longer people I'm going to seek advice from because they will never get the privilege of giving me any type of advice because the substance and the style that they were coming at me with was so toxic. So no one starting with me has time for that because I definitely look at how what you what advice you give and the style in which you give it. If you give it in a disrespectful way, I'm completely turned off from you. Now, on the opposite side, to prevent toxic mentorship and get the most out of mentorships, here are 10 different ways to deal with folks who you could see are on the path to or are actually being toxic. There are 10 different ways that we could look at how we deal with these kind of folks. And those 10 ways are as follows. Number one, for you, take the time to pause when they're coming at you. Count to 10 and think before you react. Number two, examine your behavior. Examine your behavior first to determine if you're part of the problem. Now, this is not to say that you're going through a lot of self-blame with these first two steps. It's just that you're taking a little bit of self-reflection. You're just taking a look at what's going on. Number three, put yourself in their shoes. Look at things through their paradigm. Like I said in the beginning, and like I just said just now in regards to getting advice about housing and career, the visceral reaction that I got may not have been about me. It might have reminded them about something that they had gone through in their lives. And then the visceral reaction might have been the manifestation of their fear and regret and the things that they went through that they did not like having those memories. So, you know, put yourself in their shoes. Number four. Now, that doesn't mean that's an excuse for their behavior, but, you know, you just take the time and how you're dealing with them. Number four, be willing to listen. Be empathetic. Disarm them with your body language. Disarm them with your approach as far as listening to them. Because a lot of times people just want to be heard. And so even though you're the one seeking mentorship and advice, let them be heard so you, so you could disarm them so the temperature could get lowered a little bit. And now, and number five, now you start to be proactive in how you're standing up for yourself. And number five is to be candid about the issue at hand. Be straight with them. Be constructive about the issue that you're talking about so that there's no doubt as far as where you stand and what it is that you're seeking from them. And number six, project calm. Throughout all of this, manage your emotions. Lead from a position of strength because it takes two to tango. It takes two to have an argument. It takes two people for things to get heated. And if one person's being, if that other person's being heated and you're staying calm, you're in a position of strength. You're not, you're not the one you're not the one going to their level. You're able to remain calm and stay cool and collected and really keep focused on the issue at hand. Number seven, this is something that I talk about with my coworkers and, and people in my circle all the time. Choose your battles. Is every hill worth dying on? Is that hill worth dying on? You have to pick and choose what hill is worth quote unquote dying on. Number eight, don't let others control you. Whether you're in a professional personal, academic cycle. Sometimes it's not about being liked. It's about following your integrity and doing the right thing and you not letting others control you because you, then at that point, they, once again, they're making it about them. It's not about what it is that you need. And you have to be the, your most staunch advocate about what it is that you need. Number nine, deal with aggression firmly. If someone is, do not tolerate any verbal be abuse, don't, don't, 
tolerate any threatening or aggressive behavior in no way, shape, or form. Do not tolerate it at all. You deal with it firmly. You teach people how to treat you, as Maya Angelou used to say. And number 10, always take the high road. Demonstrate your professional and personal maturity and always take the high road in dealing with a difficult person or a, di or a difficult or a potential toxic mentor. Dealing with toxic mentorship is not easy, but you could deal with it effectively and decisively in order to make room for the optimal and solid mentorship that you deserve for your reentry journey, your career, your academic life, and your personal life. I know that you could do it. It's just right around the corner for you. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me and spending time with me this week. And I look forward to seeing you again next time. Thank you again for joining us here at Second Chance Coaching. In addition to coaching services for individuals and businesses, I'm also available for speaking engagements and workshops on criminal justice reentry, human resources, as well as organizational culture and leadership. Feel free to email me at richard at secondchancecoaching.com, as well as connect with me on Instagram at the Dr. Richard Lewis. Remember, every day you are given this opportunity for your second chance, and I know you'll make the best of it. I love you all, and I look forward to connecting with you next time here at Second Chance Coaching.